Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. What are the best money-saving tips for millennials? We reveal some astonishing tricks from FT staff, readers and podcast listeners that could save you hundreds of pounds. And I'm happy to say that many of them will still work for the over 40s too. Starting up a supper club is one very on-trend alternative to expensive restaurants. We meet a Generation Xer who regularly brings together total strangers for gourmet, low-cost meals in her East London flat. Foodie listeners, stay tuned. And for those of you who are feeling a bit more flush, James Max, our Rich People's Problems columnist, has dropped by to have a whinge about expenses claims. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast on personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, FT Money Editor, bringing you this week's news in downloadable form. Student debt and sky-high property prices mean the younger generation have to be especially savvy with their cash. A few weeks ago, you may remember we challenged listeners to the Money Show podcast and readers of FT Money to send us their best money-saving ideas, and we will be revealing some crackers during the course of today's show. To kick things off, allow me to introduce Kate Bearley, the FT's 29-year-old millennial money columnist. For the past week or so, Kate, the atmosphere on the money desk has been quite tense. Would you care to elaborate? Yes, I challenge you to a thrift off to see which of us could have the most fun for the least money in London for the course of a week. So there are 12 years between us, but your generation has had it a lot easier than mine. No tuition fees, much easier to get on the property ladder. As millennials, we know we need to save, but being good with money seems rather, well, boring. Yeah, exactly. And dispelling this myth that money is boring is one thing that we both at least agree on. Now, I've always been thrifty or tight, which is probably why I've ended up as the FT's money editor. But even as my salary has risen over the past 20 odd years, I've kept up my thrifty habits, like, for example, cycling to work or bringing in a packed lunch every day. And back then, when I was younger, it was a case of financial survival. But now these thrifty habits are so ingrained, I'm finding I can siphon off much bigger savings into my pension, my stocks and shares ISA, and pump them up even further with the tax advantages. Yeah, don't sound too smug. There's a a video on ft.com showing the results of our thrifty week. And I have to say some of your methods, while they may be effective, are a bit old hat. (gasps) Whereas my money saving tools had a digital edge. Okay, so hit me with the top three apps. So I'll go with two food ones to Mm -hmm. start with. So the first one, Too Good To Go, is an app which is designed to reduce food waste by selling fresh but unsold food from cafes and restaurants in your area, all costing between about £2.50 to £5. So you just download the app, choose a box or food or whatever, and you get basically exactly the same meal as if you were going to go there anyway, but at a big discount. Mm. The second 
one City Munch is a clever app that gives you discounts on restaurants in their slower periods, so when they're a bit quieter, a bit like off-peak dining. But in fact, you can get a table and uh, discount vouchers at any time of day, really, and discounts range. They sound great, but we were tipped off about another strange-sounding app, Meerkat Movies, by FT reader Julia Blessed. So film lovers, have a listen. Buy the cheapest travel insurance on Compare the Market. You can often find something for a pound or two. And then you receive two for one on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at Odeon Cinemas for a whole year. That is really amazing. Kudos to Julia. Long live the one-day travel insurance policy in England, I say. Now, I also found a few apps worth sharing. I like Treatwell, which will show you hairdressers, spas and beauty salons in your local area that can offer a big discount off the usual price if you visit during quieter times. So I just took a late lunch break one day and saved four quid on my leg wax. And I also love getting a discount in coffee chains when I take my reusable cup. A lot of thrifty habits are actually quite green. But there's a new app called Refill, which will also show you loads of places that will let you fill up your reusable water bottle for free when you're out and about. Some great tips from readers and some rather strange ones. So let's listen to some. My girlfriends and I used to get together and have a day out browsing through charity shops in rich areas of London like St John's Wood and Fulham. People throw away good stuff and you can put it on eBay if it's a real bargain. That was from Rosie Saffel in Cambridge and here's another humdinger from her. If you share a house or flat, sign up to Spotify's family deal with your housemates. So as long as you all live at the same address, it's £15 a month for up to five people. So you can get premium for just £3 each per month. Thanks again, Rosie. Now, here's another one from 26-year-old FT reader George Huntley. I have to say, George, this one doesn't appeal to me. I eat a nutritionally complete powdered food for lunch every day at work. This costs about £1.35 per meal versus roughly four to £7 for a fairly boring salad or sandwich in central London. Based on 250 working days, this saves me just over £1,000 a year. On top of that, this diet is healthier, better for the environment, it's vegan, travels fewer miles and there is no waste, and means I can spend more of my lunch break in a park than in a queue. I'm a self-professed foodie and I find it also helps me to enjoy and take more interest in eating normal food for the rest of the time. Oh, I don't know, Kate. What do you think about that? Eating powdered food? Unappealing, I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well I, haven't, well, I haven't tried it, so um, I, I, I won't knock it just yet. But thanks very much um, for that one, George. Um, I have to say, one of my naughtiest spending habits is definitely taking Ubers when I'm in a rush. So I thought this tip from Ashley Agwuncha was absolutely brilliant. If you convert your Tesco Club Card points to credits on Uber, the taxi app, you'll get three times as much. For example... £10 worth of club card points will be worth £30 in Uber credits. You can also redeem these on Uber Eats, which is very useful, as everyone loves a cheeky takeaway every now and again. In fact, another of Ashley's tips has netted him the top prize. Two tickets to the FT Weekend Festival on Saturday, September the 8th, when naturally he'll be feeling right at home inside the money tent with us. But another FT money reader, Gareth Owen, also sent in the same idea. So in the interest of fairness, we decided to give him another two tickets. So Kate, will you reveal their winning tip, please? Yep, they say if you live in London, pay your Oyster card with your 16 to 25 rail card and you'll be able to get one third off off peak fares. You can do this at Tube, London Overground and some National Rail ticket offices plus Oyster ticket stops. 
So well done to Gareth and Ashley for alerting us to this top money-saving tip. It means you can get a third of off-peak travel on the Tube, London Overground and the DLR after 10am during week and all day at the weekends. This works for pay-as-you-go fares and off-peak travel cards. The surprising thing is, few people realise this is possible. You have to turn up in person to link the cards. Yeah, I was absolutely staggered by this one and have made all of my stepchildren sign up for it at once. So if you don't have a 16 to 25 rail card, it costs £30. But if you've got a Tesco club card, you can buy one with just £15 worth of club card points. Or get a four-year rail card for free if you're a student and open a Santander student bank account. This hack will also work for the elusive 26 to 30 so-called millennial rail card. If you're lucky enough to have snapped one up, they were only a limited trial, but me and Kate are hoping that the government will make good on its budget promise and extend that scheme more widely. Now, you won't have to travel far for loads more money-saving tips. Our cover feature this weekend is absolutely packed full of them. Read it online from Friday morning on ft.com slash money or in the FT Weekend newspaper. You could earn back the cover price many times over. And tips in the piece that we haven't mentioned include ways to see free concerts, where to see free art, some cheap nights out and also some cheap nights in. Which brings me neatly on to my next guest. When it comes to original money-saving ideas, Violaine Verry is a woman who likes stirring things up. Five years ago, she set up a supper club in East London called the Clapton Pot in Hackney. She's hosted dinners for eight people practically every month since then, but the guests have one thing in common she's unlikely to have met any of them before. To explain, may I welcome Violaine to the show? For people who don't know, tell us, what is a supper club? So supper clubs are dinners set up by aspiring chefs or restauranters. Um, Tickets can be quite expensive. So we're a bit different. We don't cook for a living and our tickets are free. Mm -hmm. So they're on a first-come, first-served basis, so you'll have to be fast. Okay, and your model is clearly a success and the food on your website looks amazing so why don't you charge for your tickets well we don't want to deal with the admin to start with and we're also just doing it for fun so it's a great way to meet people in your area and wherever you go in the world really people will offer you food as a friendly gesture so that's what we do in our area and you also used to do this when you were a student in Paris with very little money. That's right. When we had no dinner table, we used to just get in cheap beer and pasta and eat off our lap. And that was just as fun, really. OK, so this is a cut above, I have to say, this club. No cheap beer or cheap pasta at the Clapton Pot. But how do you organise it all? So with my co-host Robbie, who I met at the very first dinner five years ago, we brainstormed a menu about two weeks before a dinner We launch tickets one week before and on the day we go shopping to a local market um, and it's not a posh market or anything, not posh farmers market. Not like borough. (laughs) No. And we spend the afternoon cooking, sometimes singing, and uh, we welcome our guests in the evening and host all evening. Now, with some expert advice from you and Robbie, I ran my own supper club event for eight people last weekend as part of the FT Thrift Off. And I took your suggestion of sticking to a £30 budget to making a meal for eight people, which was just about possible. That's right. I mean, we often use bits that we might already have in our cupboards. That's why the brainstorming menus is quite important, because you want to be as thrifty as possible. But there are some top tips um, that Mm -hmm. I can pass on. Please do. Um, We find that Middle Eastern food works really well. The flavours are easily accessible to everyone and pomegranate seeds make a dish look like a million dollar, really. So um, that's, you know, that's tasty. Great. (laughs) 
we shop in markets. Quantities tend to be bigger than in supermarkets and it's cheaper. Um, we ask our guests to bring the drinks. So that's a good saving there. Well, I also did that. Save me a packet. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and always set the table up before the guests arrive. So they have a sense that dinner is about to happen, even if you're not quite ready. Well, intriguing. Thanks very much there to Violaine Very. You can read more about setting up your own supper club in our Millennial Money Saving Tips special issue of FT Money this weekend. And to find out more about the Clapton Pot, search for the Clapton Pot on social media. You never know, I may see you get one of their next dinners. I think it's fair to say that nobody loves saving money more than those who are already very rich. After all, that's how they became wealthy in the first place. So I'm intrigued to hear what our final guest, Rich People's Problems columnist James Max, has made of all of the money-saving tips. Would you try any of these at home? Sorry, in your in your range of homes. I love it how you sort of make me out to be this, you know, an oligarch. <laughs> that I'm an oligarch, you're right. I'll tell you what, I use the tube quite a lot. And, and, and I've recently... I have recently been doing switching of energy companies because I find them most disappointing that they take all my money. So uh, I've been doing some of that. Uh, I really like the idea of supper clubs, although, to be fair, in summer times, because obviously the cucamelons, which have happened in a previous uh, episode and uh, have been discussed in one of my columns, they're coming along nicely. So I, I think we might have a glut a glut of cucumelons and or other things. So I might be looking to trade some of my uh, excess produce. I've been making jam. That's a very thrifty thing to do. So I do lots of thrifty things, not necessarily because I want to save money, but just because I don't like throwing throwing out money, if you like. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I absolutely hate waste. But um, the latest peccadillo that you've been picking away at in your column involves the trauma of having to submit an expenses claim, which I have to suggest, if you're feeling a bit poor, if the company owes you any money, then probably a good idea to bung one in well I, it's always good to bung it in quickly and as uh, somebody said to me the other day i had to send in an invoice and the work was done and i sent in an invoice and it's like blimey you're quick and i said yeah because it, it's it does no good in your bank account and every piece of good in mine <laughs> and, and it's the same with expenses if you've got expenses i, I had a colleague recently in in my former employ and under his desk he had this box that he put all these receipts and there's like for two and a half years and i said you'd realize that the cutoff point for this is six months and we're not going to be paying anything back you can't ask your company to do that so don't feel bad about it do it now do it quickly and make sure you keep the receipt it's no longer like the olden days where you can just make it up a little bit or uh, you know a little bit of um you know writer's license or otherwise you've got to get them in quick you've got to be precise and you've got to do it so that it's correct and precisely and you pass the tests don't claim for anything that you shouldn't be claiming well, as you say in the column, I don't claim for anything that I wouldn't like to explain to my mother, which I uh, made me chuckle. But tell us, James, your life of excess in the worlds of property and uh, pri- private private equity. What's the biggest expenses claim that you've ever dared submit? Well, I don't think it's not necessarily biggest. I mean, in the article, I do talk about uh, half a million quid that I dropped over three days, which was quite good fun. Um, that was good. And there have been a few private jets here and there and there's a few other things uh, that I've done. But always, I have to say, I've never done it just to throw out money it's always been done with good purpose and i think if you remember that some of the most excessive claims for business expenditure if you can justify it and there's good reason for doing it then it doesn't matter what you do because it's good business in order to you you are investing as soon as it crosses the line between being good business and bringing people together and networking and all that sort of stuff and it's just gratuitous excess uh, like the next one i'm going to tell you about then so be it but 
sometimes keeping your staff happy is really important. So mm-hmm. we'd been working on a very big deal. And that big deal netted us, uh, I think, in a single transaction, £35 million in fees. So it's a big deal. And about eight or nine people have been working really hard on this deal. And so it was done. So I spoke to the boss and I said, look, we're going to go out, you know, have a few drinks, dinner, whatever. And I just said to him, is this a green card event? And a green card event means that you get out of the company, Amex, and you can do what you like. <laughs> and and he said, actually, yes, it is. Because the thing is that when people have been working day and night, uh, they've been working sometimes overnights, pulling all-nighters, they've been working weekends, all sorts of stuff. Yes, of course, they're going to be re- rewarded in bonuses. But it's actually about the team thing. So did I drop... I don't know, about 16 and a half grand that night on dinner and then drinks and whatever else for uh, eight people. Yes, I did. Was it worth it in terms of um, rewarding people for what they had done and the huge amount of work and sacrifice? I mean, it was a compression session. It's, you know, six hours of hilarity. A compression session. <laughs> but it, it's really important to keep people on side. So I, I think there's a time and a place for it. So that was probably the, the biggest just one evening drop that was you know, almost unaccounted for and unbudgeted. I've done lots of other things where I've organised conferences and dinners and all that sort of stuff, and and one or two restaurants, admittedly, when they've just opened, and I thought, hmm, hello, Hakkasan, uh, you sound delicious, I must take somebody there. Hmm, who's, who, who's up for a client lunch? Well, we talk about these things, this is obviously, a f- you know, a good few years ago, so in today's austere times, can those kind of levels of corporate spending ever be justified again? The thing is, I think they are. And this is the problem that we have, is that too many people have got used to being able to just bung anything on expenses. And the thing is that there has to be a really good reason for doing it. Sometimes, if you are seeing somebody who is super important and super busy, in order to entice them away and in order to have that hour, two hours with them one-on-one, where you can really use that time to get to know somebody better, to build that relationship, to get that deal, whatever it may be, then you might have to do something. You can't just go down the sandwich bar. You can't just pop into, uh, you know, Pratt and go and buy a sandwich. Or, or in or, my know, case, offer them half of your packed lunch. Indeed not. Uh, you might find that uh, unless you're, you know, unless your last name's Otolenghi, I suggest not. So <laughs> you, you've got to you've got to live to their level. Having said that, there are some people who become so used to that, that the company is financing their lifestyle to the most extraordinary extent, and nobody is scrutinising. I think scrutiny at every level is really important, but I also think that some practices, like taking out your team because uh, it's a Friday, forget it. Stop that on expenses, it's not appropriate. Taking clients out to various uh, establishments and just sort of like razzing it up the wall and buying the most expensive bottle of wine because you think you can and shove it on the card, that's no longer acceptable. And I think clients are looking for you to be careful as well. There's Mm. nothing wrong with saying I'm just going to have a main, or going to a restaurant that does two courses for you know 15 20 quid or something for lunch there are plenty of those really high quality dining and clients are going to be more impressed by people who try and save money than those who just spend it out and hoof it out and and similarly if you've got a cultural problem within your business it normally starts at the top so if you're a chief executive or an md or anybody who's listening now and thinking oh well you know well i i I don't like them to abuse their expenses then have a jolly hard look at your own expenses first if you're going to ask people to behave in a certain way do it yourself well, well said there, James Max, our Rich People's Problems columnist. You can catch up with all of his witterings online at ft.com slash money. And if you've got a problem for him to solve, email him, problems at ft.com. And one further problem, there's no apostrophe oh. in that email. <laughs> That's it from The Money Show this week. If you want to get in touch with our team of experts or suggest an even better money-saving tip, then please email us, money at ft.com, or tweet us at ftmoney. We will be back next week at the usual time. Goodbye. 
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.